0: Welcome to Kindergarten Kiosk, where my mom and I discuss topics relevant to the education of young children. I'm Lindsay, and she's Kathy, and we both have our master's degrees in education, and kind of nerdily like to talk about educational things. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate, review it, and subscribe to it. That would really help us out. Today we'll be talking about early mathematical concepts, and I have E and G here to help me demonstrate. Okay, say hi. Hi. (laughs) Okay. I'm gonna give you some beans to count,
1: okay? One, two, three, four. Almost there. Four, five, nine.
0: How many beans were there? How many are there?
1: One, two, Oopsies. four,
0: Five, six. How many are there? It was one, two, three. It was one, two, three? Yeah. So how many are there? One, two, three. (laughs) Good counting. Yay. I want you to count how many beans are in my hand. Okay. Can you put them in the cup while you count them? One, two, three, four.
1: Five, six, seven, eight, nine,
0: ten. How many beans are there? Zero. Zero in my hand. That's right. How many are in the cup? Ten. (laughs) Okay, if I dump them out on the table, how many beans are on the table? Uh, One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. How many beans are on the table? Ten. Okay, what if I spread them apart like this? How many beans are there on the table now?
1: One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine,
0: ten. So how many beans are there? Ten. Okay, what if I put them in a circle like this? How many beans are there?
1: One, two, three, four, Five, six, seven,
0: eight, nine, ten. How many beans are in the circle? Ten! (laughs) Good job! Now put them in the cup. Hey, Mom. Hey, Lindsay. Do you want to talk about math today?
1: I do. I I love to talk about math.
0: Because you're going to make me do the talking this time, right? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So you've listened to G and E and they're counting. So, what did you think?
1: I think they're adorable. (laughs) (laughs) I wish all children could count so cute. (laughs) All children do
0: count so cute.
1: (laughs) So, tell me about their counting.
0: All right. Well, you've noticed how G can count in the right order. And she was even matching one object to each word that she said. But when i asked her how many she had she didn't know the answer i said how many beans do you have and she said i have one two three so she's just barely starting to learn the routine of counting but she doesn't have all the concepts that she needs to be successful when E was counting 10 objects and then i asked him how many he had he immediately said 10 but then when I dumped out the objects and rearranged them, he had to recount them all over again. So he's a little farther along the continuum than G is,
1: but he still has some things to work on too. It kind of reminded me when I count in Spanish, I'm really good. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, (laughs) seis, siete, ocho, no, A, V, D, S. But then if someone says, all right, count to four, I'd have to like hold my fingers up. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. And if they said, well, how many is that? I think I'd have to count uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Because even though I can count, I don't have number sense in Spanish.
0: Comparing it to another language is really good because you yeah, I, I'm the same way. I can count to 10 in Spanish, but
1: if you hold up a set of fingers, I don't know what it is. I have a lot of students, when they're counting objects, if they get to and I, 17 and I say stop, mm-hmm. and then I rearrange them, like, put them in a pile, and I say, how many are there now? Mm-hmm. And they don't know. They, tr- they recount.
0: They have to recount. They're count. not able
1: to hold that in their head. Mm-hmm. And the kids that can say 17, if I take one more bear and add to their pile, some of them are unable to start at 17 mm-hmm. and hold that in their head Go on to and 18. say 18. They, they, want to, re- they have
0: to start all the way from They have
1: to start one. over counting. Yeah,
0: which is very common. Let's talk about the very earliest concepts in number sense. Because even though some kids will have these concepts when they enter kindergarten, they're concepts that don't go away. You build upon them, and you build upon the knowledge they have within these concepts. And you just make the numbers more complex. So the first concept, well, okay, I'm going to probably mess up and put these in an order. But they don't go in an order because all number concepts kids work on simultaneously. So there's no order to this, but I will probably accidentally say there is at some point, like I already did. There's no order. (laughs) Okay? Okay. The first one I'm going to talk about is rote counting. Rote counting is that they know the names of the numbers and they can say them in order. Mm-hmm. That's the very earliest skill, which we can do in Spanish. French,
1: English, and Russian. <laughs> you can, you and can count And German, and Japanese. In... <laughs> <laughs> I can wrote count in 10 languages, 1 to 10. Well, that's impressive. Well, I had nothing give, else give to me do when I worked at the, kin- at the turkey plant. <laughs> <laughs> you learned how to count <laughs> at that the turkey I really plant. Really... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that is rote counting. You know the order you can say it mm-hmm. but you don't have a meaning attached to it exactly
1: well i so kn- the, i know what number they mean because i'm translating it in my head into english but so it's could, a little more but than but i would have counting. to start over at one every time like if you said well how do you say six in in german i'd have to say as i touch my fingers i'd vier, boop,
0: You'd have to use your fingers so that you can keep yeah. track. Yeah, so
1: I okay. I don't have useful meaning. I don't know.
0: So it's it's a little bit more than rote counting than you can do in other languages. Not really because <laughs> rote counting, but rote counting isn't isn't even attaching it to your fingers or to objects. It's just knowing the sequence. That's all it is. Okay. Okay. So after rote counting, the next step. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is but, not really on, but not really a step not really a
0: step is one on one correspondence okay? and that's when you can match one word that you say to one object mm-hmm. and you, children build on this as they children build on this as they learn number comple- complexity so uh, a kid who matches one to one within 0 to 10, they might not be able to match 1 to 1 in the teen numbers or in the 20s, because as numbers get more complex, they can lose track of the skill a little bit. But 1 to 1 is being able to sit to... 1 to 1 is for every number that you count, you match one and only one object. And you see that most often in very small kids when they're counting and they count and they may say one two but they're actually touching three
1: objects three four they don't match it match it up well that's pretty interesting because today I had a student counting for me and they are they were great at one-to-one cor- one one correspondence until they got to 11 and then they they quit they lost track and I couldn't figure out why they could do one through 10 and then all of a sudden they couldn't
0: Which is pretty typical, because you said you're working on teen numbers in your class right now. So that's exactly where they would be, is losing track in the teens a little bit. And another interesting thing about one-to-one correspondence is you build on one-to-one correspondence by adding one-to-two correspondence, or one-to-five correspondence, or one-to-ten correspondence. Well, tell me about that. (laughs) Do, Do you know what I mean by this? So one-to-one correspondence is at matching one object to one count. One-to-two correspondence would be matching two objects to one count. So when you count by twos, two, four, six, eight, ten, you are doing one-to-two correspondence. If you're teaching with understanding so that the kids know that when they say two, four, six, eight, ten, they are counting two objects for every count. Or if counting by fives is counting five objects for every count, and counting by tens is counting... 10 objects for every count.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. <laughs> We've been doing a lot of counting by tens. So you're practicing one to
0: 10 correspondence. Okay. Okay. So the next component. That I want to talk about. (laughs) Component. That was lame. (laughs) Just say stab. The next component (laughs) of early number sense that I want to talk about is conservation of number. Okay. Which uh, E and G both do not have from their counting that I recorded earlier. Because conservation of number means that they understand that no matter how the objects are arranged or how they are presented, the actual amount of objects does not change. Mm-hmm. So if you've counted out 10, and then that those 10 objects are moved in a circle, or a straight line, or two lines, it doesn't matter. There's always going to be 10. And it also applies if they see a group of 10 beach balls and a cr- group of 10 beans. If they don't have conservation of number, they will tell you that there are more beach balls than beans because conservation of number is all about what is presented to the child visually because Mm -hmm. they expect that what they see visually will be what is true. So if a, a group looks bigger, then to the child's way of thinking, it must be bigger.
1: Okay, so today we had we did the number twenty. And there was um two ten frames mm-hmm. on the first problem. There was two ten frames that equaled twenty. And then the next problem was an array of oranges in a circle to count to find out what was twenty. So on a flat 1D worksheet, they were trying to teach conservation. Correct? <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Which is not the best
0: way. I mean, it's okay. Sometimes you have to work with 2D,
1: but oh, two, not 1D. What? Cut that out. Did you you say I use it 1D? You said 2D. I think I did. So
0: they Cut were using a they were using a flat worksheet to try to teach conservation of number, which is sometimes you have to do, but you're really trying to teach kids about perception. And so worksheets aren't going to really. No. They aren't really it gonna wasn't going to cut it. Now, okay, no. Okay. So I said they might do, but I think I wasn't right. They
1: won't do. It doesn't work. No. They're <laughs> not going to.
0: All right. So the next component that I want to talk about is cardinality. And cardinality is when a child understands that the last word they say is the amount in the group. So, gee, when she counted and was able to count to five and was able to match each object one to one, but then when we stopped and I said, how many do you have? And she said, I have one two, three. <laughs> she, she doesn't understand cardinality yet. She doesn't understand that we're counting to find the amount and the last number you say is the amount in the set. And this can be kind of deceiving sometimes because... If you were to listen to G-count, you would think she understood this unless after counting, you asked her. So that's what you have to do to find out if kids understand cardinality is not only have them count, but after counting, ask them how many there are to find out if they understand that. And games where kids have to move objects along paths are great for teaching cardinality because it has them match the object they're moving to the spaces that they're moving in. It has them count a certain number of spaces and then see that when they say five, they've landed on the fifth space. So uh, there's a great game by John Vanderwall called Fill the Shoots that I've seen lots of variations in, but that's a good one where they move, ki- move objects along a path and try to fill up a, a row. And that helps teach cardinality because they're matching one-to-one and they're seeing how many it takes to fill up the boxes.
1: I like those games. So I think that there are a lot of people who do not understand what the word cardinality means. I've heard a lot of discussion because, you know, that is a common core standard, Mm -hmm. counting and cardinality. Mm -hmm. And I've heard a lot of people misuse the word cardinality. How have you heard people misuse
0: cardinality?
1: Oh, I just think a really simple answer of how you uh, definition is it's just saying the last number that was counted is the amount there are.
0: Yeah, the last number you. I think say that's a good simple way Yeah, to... That's what cardinality is, and it goes mm-hmm. along with another concept, which is hierarchical inclusion, which is similar to cardinality but different because hierarchical inclusion is an understanding that a group of numbers contains all the previous numbers that you set, which sounds really confusing. So let me try to explain this better. So if I have a set of objects that are five, one, two, three, four, five, five, the amount five also contains the amount four, and the amount three, and the amount two, and the amount of one. Those are all contained inside the amount of five. So if I want to use the number five, I can take out the groups within it. So five is also four and one and three and two and two and three and one and four. <laughs> Did I mess any of those up? I feel like. I- so. No. You oh, OK, good. So hier- hierarchical. i say that word. Hi- hierarchical. Hier- no, I can't say
1: it. <laughs> hier- hierarchical. Hierarchical inclusion. Inclusion, you can just call it. Is that another way of saying decomposing and composing numbers?
0: No. Composing and decomposing numbers is something that a child is able to do if they understand these other concepts. These other concepts are things that underlie what our kids are doing, but they're not the thing that they are doing. Does that make sense?
1: Mm -hmm. it does so when you talk about hierarchical inclusion (laughs) it makes me think of nesting eggs yes i think that's a
0: great example
1: yeah or russian nesting
0: dolls because the big doll has all the little dolls inside of it or those when when they're toddlers and they have those number stacking towers do you Mm -hmm. know what i'm talking about where they have the big cup that says 10 and inside the 10 is a little cup that says nine and then eight and then seven all the way down to one I think those are good examples of inclusion because... Yeah, that is. The bigger number contains all the numbers inside of them. And that's a really important thing that kids have to understand if they want to add or subtract fluently
1: or decompose or compose numbers fluently. Because So do, do kids come upon that naturally with practice or is that a skill that has to be taught?
0: All of these things, all of these skills... Kids come to understand through lots and lots of exposure and through teaching. Y- you can teach it directly, but it's it's a lot of exposure because these are these are things that they have to kind of construct in their minds themselves. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's not something somebody can just impose upon a child, which I guess nothing really is. But it's very, very much constructed in their own brain through lots of experience. And something I forgot to say too is when we're doing, when we're working on building all of these early number sense ideas, we really need to remember to go forwards and backwards because we forget to go backwards a lot. So children should be able to rote count forwards, but they also really need to rote count backwards. So not only count from 1 to 10, but count from 10 back to 1. And they need to have 1 to 1 correspondence going forward. They also need 1 to 1 correspondence going backwards. And the same for cardinality. And I guess inclusion doesn't apply quite so much. But um, it's a really important piece to go forwards and backwards. Because that will build their skills they need for subtraction later. And we often treat subtracting as a totally separate skill, but it's not. Addition and subtraction are not different skills. They are the same skill, just it backwards. They're <laughs> opposite of one another, and they use the exact same math skills. So we need to work both ways and work
1: on addition and subtraction together, but I can get more into that later. Okay. All right. So I have a few kindergartners and it's going, our third trimester is going to begin in just a week that still do not have a solid foundation of counting one to 20. Mm -hmm. And they still do not have a foundation probably of, um, all the things you said, like, um, numbers are the same no matter how they're arranged or the cardinality of numbers so what are some things I can do with those students this week to try to help them more understand um, those very early concepts so
0: you need to think of problems that will give them practice counting in an authentic way like um, here's Susie brought wants to bring in birthday treats for the class how many birthday treats does Susie need to bring in so that everybody in the
1: class can have a treat? Okay. How about um, I just start with their pencil box tomorrow mm-hmm. and have them count how many crayons, how many bottles of glue, mm-hmm. how many pencils, how many scissors. Mm-hmm. And so what? How? what's an activity I well, could do with that? Well,
0: if you wanted to do something where they just count what's in their pencil box, then... That would be great because then they would be practicing basic counting skills. But you could take it. You can always take activities a step farther and deepen the complexity of the task. So you could say something like, um, I need to find out how many crayons everybody has in their pencil box in this group that you're working Mm -hmm. with. We need to find out how many crayons everybody has in their pencil box. And I need to find out who has the most crayons and who has the least amount of crayons. And I need to find out who needs more crayons because I want us all to have the same amount of crayons for this activity we were doing. So let's all pull out our crayons. Okay, now how can we find out how many crayons everybody has? And then we count them. And now, how can we make sure that what we counted was right? Hmm, let's see. How can we, should we double check them? Let's double check them. Should we line them up next to each other and see how they look visually next to each other? It looks like, okay, so we know how many there are here. Uh, so and so, you double check this person's, you double check this person's, okay, how many we have? How do we know who has more? How, how do we know how who has less? Okay. Now, I want to make sure you all have the same amount, because we're going to color our guided reading book or something, and, and I want you all to have the same amount, so you all have as many choices. So, so-and-so has the least amount. How many more do they need to be the same as the person who had the most? How did you figure that out? How can we double-check? So, does that make sense where I'm taking a counting activity, and I'm trying to layer in a little bit more... Mm-hmm. a little bit more depth to it than just counting the crayons because the more depth that you add the more number sense sense skills they can build and they can build them all at the same time
1: yeah because then we could move on to broken crayons mm. oh, that's a good one too that goes
0: into conservation of number too, because A lot of kids who don't have conservation of number, if you were to give them a snack, like a cookie or something, and then the cookie broke into pieces, they would actually tell you they had more cookie when the cookie was broken than when the cookie Mm -hmm. was one piece because to them it looks like more. So breaking crayons would be a great way to do conservation of number because do they have more now that they're broken? Do they have less? Are they the same? What do they think? How can they justify their thinking So that's good too. Another good way to teach these early math skills that I mentioned before is through games, where they have to move objects around a board, or they have to build a certain number of objects, or stories where they have to show a certain number of objects. Games are a really powerful tool for math also.
1: All right, it sounds great. I'm ready to go do some math.
0: Well, I'm glad we talked about math today, and I want to talk about more later because there is some really great information out there about how kids learn math. We're really getting into how kids learn about math and how kids use math, and it's really exciting to me because not, because we've taught math for so long. I, I heard an analogy somewhere. I think it was the U-cubed math station, but... I heard an analogy somewhere that we've been teaching math as if we were teaching a musician to play the piano by studying music theory and never letting them touch the piano because that's a good, analogy. it's a really good analogy because that's how I was taught math where you just need to learn this algorithm and learn this algorithm and learn this algorithm. And we never really got to explore the fun stuff in math, which is using the math and trying out the math and trying out the algorithms and failing at math a little bit and figuring out why things didn't work and how we can make it better. It really was like studying music theory and never getting to play the piano. And so I'm really excited that we're, that there's this push to improve math education and let kids play with it and let them really become mathematicians instead of kids who can do math. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's just, I'm, I'm really excited because I think there are great things to come. In fact, there's a local high school here that our district has been trying to implement teaching math in, in this way for a long time. And there was a high schooler just a few years ago who's been through this program of trying to learn math in a very hands-on, applicable with understanding kind of way and he was just in the news for inventing a whole new way of solving a problem wow. in high school isn't that exciting that is
1: exciting your district does do a good job they do that. a
0: good job and i'm glad because i i've learned a lot through professional development it's been exciting Yeah. thanks for listening everybody please visit us at dot And thank you to bensound.com for our music.
1: See you, everyone.